When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus, now co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, Monday through Friday. Uh, and we're coming at you with two shows back-to-back for the very first time, I think, actually. We're, we're hitting you with shows on back-to-back days. And uh, we, we had to make sure we got in uh, one of our top uh, – what are we calling y'all these days? I guess the commanders is, is the name of it now. We, we had to bring in the top commanders guest. <laughs> I uh, I wish so on my uh, on my little soundboard. I have the announcement when Doug Williams went. We are the commanders, and I don't have my soundboard set up right now. Oh, Otherwise, man. I would hit you. I can send it to you for Peyton to add in post. There, there we go. Post production. You guys will never be the wiser other than us talking about it here. Obviously, <laughs> uh, but we are joined by a uh, old uh, DFW friend too, Craig Hoffman. He is host of the Hoffman Show on the Team Nine Eighty in D.C. and uh, co-host of the Take Command podcast, which is uh, one of our sister podcasts uh, here on the Odyssey Podcast Network. Uh, Craig, thanks so much for joining us today. How are things? Uh, things are good, man. I mean, well, commanders wise, they're terrible, but you know, I'm doing fine. Uh, and it's great to be with you guys. Uh, you know, Brian and I knew each other a little bit when I was in Dallas. So always good to talk to Brian. I actually was t- talking to my co-host Logan about you guys the other day. And I was like, I think the first guy that I really like understood the importance of film study was Brian Broaddus. So I'm, I was hoping that we could get together. You know, Bobby, we're looking forward to having you just the way schedules are working on our pod uh, coming up here in a few days. And so excited to talk to you guys here. So what is the uh, the overarching theme right now for Commanders fans? What are they looking at with this football team? I, I got to tell you, looking at – there seems like there's a lot of things to, to take away from this football team right now. I got to say, I'm actually very impressed with the skill players. I, yeah. I, I think they've done a really good job of, of you know, bringing in Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, um, everything that they're doing with Jahan Dotson, uh, Curtis Samuel, really shifty, exciting players. At quarterbacks, a little, little bit of a work in progress, it feels like. feels like it's been a work in progress for, you know – since Mark Rippon, I guess. Yeah, something like that. I don't even go back that far. I mean, the, the overarching thing, though, right now, guys, is coaching. And, like, that's kind of the big question that we've been talking about is head coaching. Obviously, Ron Rivera has, like, he hasn't had a good year in a long time uh, through two organizations. And he, even though they won the division his first year here, it was a 7-9, and nine, you know, sub-500 division win. Um, which, you know, again, like I know, I know Dallas fans are familiar with some of those over the years too. Like having been down there, I'm not saying that as a shot. Like sometimes that's just the way the division goes, but you still were seven and nine. So he's never had a winning season here. You're going into year three. It feels like the talent is going the wrong direction. The coordinators feel like they're not very good to possibly really bad. Um, Del Rio, I think had a really good week last week, which, which kind of saved his bacon after a really bad week two against Detroit. But as, as the defense steadied a little bit and just had some plays made on them against Philadelphia, Scott Turner called a pretty rough game uh, for the second week in a row. And you're going, wait a second, offensively, are they now going to not be able to use all this talent? So it's, it's a really frustrating time because it feels like the organization is just kind of, 
you know, it's, it's hamster wheeling uh, yet again. And, you know, that also can be attributed to the quarterback thing going back to Rippon. Like any place you point outside of those skill position guys you talked about, it feels like the same old, same old when Rivera was supposed to be the fixed guy. Yeah, Craig, if you guys play Sam Howell, you'll win the division. Trust me on that. You know? <laughs> Seriously, that kid could play. You know, when we were working on the draft and you were, you know, talking about watching film and all that, I, I, there was a lot thrown at him. And here I am talking about a, a third string quarterback right now. But to me, it, it kind of talks about where the commanders are. You know, the talent's there. It, the offensive line, yeah, some train wreck stuff going on there. But the skill players, the tight end, the running backs and all that, I'm thinking if this team just had a quarterback that on third and five wouldn't take a sack, you know, that's, you know, I mean, I've seen Sam Howell play a bunch in North Carolina. When the pick was made, fifth round pick, I'm going, my gosh. and Because I know for a fact that was a guy that the Dallas Cowboys really, really wanted. And it kind of didn't fall the right way for them. But Sam Howell was the guy. And, but it, I my question for you is, and you mentioned the quarterback play, is that the thing that we're going to remember about if Ron Rivera fails at the commanders? Is it they were never able to get the quarterback position solidified? That is certainly the story he will tell himself. Whether that is actually true or not, I think is a different story. Ron is very well respected around the league having eyes on him up like I'm not on the beat anymore and as someone who was a beat reporter uh, you know when I left Dallas I came here to be on the beat covering the commanders and so being in it every day I will always have the respect for folks in you know Bobby like yourself who's an insider like you're there I will I don't have that perspective now and I haven't the entire time Rivera's been here I've been in other roles but from the seat that I sit in he does not impress me as a head coach I think he's very surface level platitudinal. He's good at some of the motivational stuff. He has been able to keep teams together. There are some head coaching things he is good at. But when it comes to building a football team, I don't think he's very good at it. Um, I think their skill position guys have certainly been great. They inherited, uh, obviously, McLaurin. Uh, and they did a good job with, with some of those guys in their first draft class. But that was also a different guy doing the drafting. Kyle Smith, who's now in Atlanta, was the, the personnel executive in charge of that draft. And so really the last two years since Martin Mayhew's been here and Marty Herney, guys that Ron was more familiar with, I don't think they've done a good job of building the roster. And the other thing that I think is really more defining, Brian, to kind of get to the heart of your question is Rivera is very slow and reactive to everything. He's not proactive. And so a lot of the problems that Washington has had in their two losses and even that they survived in their win over Jacksonville, which admittedly looks better by the week here, um, these are issues that we all said, like, hey, they've got to sure up corner depth. Hey, do they really have someone in the nickel? Their linebacker play is, mm, like, it's gotten better the last couple of weeks. But then defensive line-wise, on, on the defensive side of the ball, their depth is not any good. Like, they have, obviously, the, the multiple first-round picks, but their inability to recognize their own issues and then solve them, I think, would be the defining thing if it does ultimately go south with Rivera. And I do think quarterback is part of that because they could have been more aggressive in the draft last year. They could have done something more aggressive in the offseason last year. Instead, they decide to go all in on Wentz, a guy who's 29 years old and you know what he is, and he's being exactly the guy he's always been. 
Is is you know, Craig, is he a guy that's broken? I see a broken player when I watch him on tape. I, I don't see yeah. a guy that he stands up there on the podium and says all the right things and takes blame for things and responsibility. You gotta love him for that. But he looks like a broken player to me. So I won't say I would disagree with the phrase broken. You look, your film acumen is higher than mine. So if you want to change, you know, stay stay true to your opinion. No, I, man, I trust I, your I, I trust your judgment. But yeah. I, I would describe him as flawed, not broken. Okay. Because he's also the guy that threw four touchdowns and can touch uh, four touchdowns, no picks, or sorry, four touchdowns in week one, survived two picks to make a huge throw late in that game to McLaren. He can touch every part of the grass and watching this offense when it's going compared to Heineke and Alex Smith and these guys that could not push the ball down the field or Dwayne Haskins, you know, which is always awkward to talk about now, obviously because of how, what tragically happens with Dwayne, but as a quarterback, like he couldn't read it out. He just wasn't, he never got to that point in his progression in his career. Um, and so when you watch this offense with Carson, there's stuff he does that blows your mind and is going to two, three, maybe even another four touchdown game at some point this season that keeps you in games because you can get back into it like that because he can score from anywhere. But he is a guy that also does not quickly get to check downs. And that's really important in modern NFL offenses, especially when you have the skill position players that can take a two-yard air you know, completion into a 80-yard touchdown like Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson, etc. Um, he does hold the ball too long in general. Um, he doesn't always read it well. His ball security is an issue. As we saw last week, he had a fumble knocked out on a play where you should never get the ball knocked out because he was holding it two feet from his chest. Right. So like he is flawed and I don't expect him to change. You can still win some amount of games with him. So I would not call him broken, but you know, if you want to say he's broken, then he's not fixable either. So, like, he's flawed, and I don't think their flaws are, are getting any better. You know what, Craig? I mean, I watch him play, and, and the word broken, I mean, maybe his spirit, maybe the the things that you want to say, you know, with the toughness and things like that. I, I, there's things that he does as a quarterback. You're absolutely right that you go, my gosh, I see why he was selected by the Eagles where he totally. was. You know, and, and by and, the way, he, he used to be able to run. And yeah. that's, an, that's an element to his game that is gone, and it's yeah. really a problem, and I'm terrified of it in this Dallas game after watching Daniel Jones escape so much pressure. Well, that's and that's the thing about, you know, when, and I, wa- I watch him and I'm thinking about, man, this kid's spirit, everything that they've thrown at him, and he's, you know, the, how he left Indianapolis basically with, you know, the ownership going, if you don't get rid of him, I'm getting rid of the general manager and the coach. You right. two are going to – you'll pay the price for this one. And I kind of wonder – the guy has great faith in you know in in his you know in his insides and things like that. But then when you watch him, you wonder: Is this guy you say flawed? And yeah, there's flaws there. But I wonder about his spirit. I wonder how much more can he take of having success and then at the end of the game completely falling apart. I you will know? say that I have been. Yeah, I hear you, and I think it's a valid observation. I will say, listening to him post game his Wednesday press conference etc I've actually been pretty impressed with his spirit this year because it was something I had a lot of questions about as well um I I think that he actually has also done a good job of learning how to take ownership which was a huge problem by the end in Philly like True. Carson Wentz I was talking about this on my show with uh with Scott Jackson today uh when he was in his his uh, we have a rotating cast of co-hosts and Scott's been doing this a long long time in the radio world and I think Scott made a great point. He's like, he says I way more than the head coach does. Rivera never takes ownership, which is hilarious because he'll be like, we need to do this. We need to do this. And I'm like, what's this we thing? 
you're the team president and the head coach. Like, you are the we. So sure, say we, but we know it means you. Carson, like, they, he got sacked nine times in the last game. And there's play calling issues there. There's offensive line issues there. There were route issues there where guys didn't get out and didn't give him options. And he's like, I have to be better. It's, he, which was also true. There was also Carson, you know, issues in, in nine yeah. sacks. But he took ownership of his part of it. He's like, I need to be better. I need to help this team get better. I got to play better. And I think that ownership and the fact that he's at this point been through so much, I actually don't think he's getting that phased. We're also in week three. If it continues to be really bad, talk to me again the second time we play um, later this year. But I actually have been impressed by that so far. And I do think like, whether you're a religious person or not, and I will admit, I am not a particularly religious sure. person. He is very religious. He right. is a man of right. faith. Yeah. And, and I think that stuff is very real with him that he's like, oh, God's got me and I'm going to be okay. And like, I'm, I'm not in a position to say whether God's got him or not, but if he believes it, that's going to help his spirit, you know? Hey, I remember working in Jacksonville and Mark Brunel was a, a religious guy. And Mark Brunel threw three interceptions one day and Tom Coughlin and him were talking and, Tom goes, you know, Mark goes, well, that was God's will. And Tom fired back at him. God did not want you to throw three interceptions. Today. <laughs> <laughs> he said that to Mark. And Mark just looked at him like, oh, okay. But, yeah, Tom, Todd, Tom, deadpan. God did not want you to throw three interceptions today. I'm just <laughs> telling you that. You right. have sinned. Yeah, you have <laughs> sinned. Well, and, uh, you know, uh, Craig, you mentioned the nine sacks there for, for Carson Wentz uh, in the last game against Philadelphia. Um, Dallas, obviously, one of these teams that can bring a lot of pressure. Man, you look at the injury report, it's riddled. I know Charles Leno was uh, apparently just a vet day today, but it was still listed as a shoulder. He didn't practice. Uh, you didn't get uh, Schweitzer, who's a, you know was playing center. Nick Martin, Zach Martin's brother, I know, was playing center uh, at practice today for him. But then you've also got Sam Cosme, who I think has been okay. Uh, he's been he's okay. He's okay. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. been picked up. Sadiq Charles, who I feel like they've wanted him to kind of take on a larger role. They've kind of been waiting for it. It hasn't clicked for him yet. Uh, he was limited in practice. Say, how are they going to block this Dallas front? Why you gotta ask? I don't get paid enough to answer that question. Um, well, here's what I'm not gonna take ownership, so I need you yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so the strategic side of this, like beyond the bodies, we like we can talk about the bodies. Nick Martin probably plays center if Schweitzer's out. They're gonna have to stick with Trey Turner at right guard. Hopefully, he plays better. He did miss a ton of camp. Maybe he's rusty. Maybe he's over the hill and just stinks now. It's yep. possible. Um, you know, I hate saying that about a guy who's been really good throughout his career, but he he might not be a good NFL football player anymore. Um, so the bodies they'll have to figure out based off health. We'll know that later in the week. Um, I'd imagine Cosme plays. Leno's fine. Uh, he could have practiced today, but they're like, you're you're a vet. Like we trust you. You're a vet. It's a vet day. Um, let your shoulder heal up for an extra an extra twenty four hours. Um, and then we'll see. Obviously, with some of those that those depth guys like Charles, um, but strategically, they need to stay out of third down um, as much as possible. Our favorite stat, uh, you know, our, our favorite stats come from Warren Sharp on our podcast. And there's like all these great stats about chunk plays Brian, and all this kind of stuff. Brian's dude. Quick detour. Our favorite one ever. We mention it every podcast. If you get a chunk play of 15 yards or more on any drive, you are 55% chances to score. If oh, you yeah. don't, you're 5% chances to score. Yeah, absolutely. It's, which is like the most mind-blowing, like, oh, yeah, that's how important hey. chunk plays are. Chunk plays are becoming more important than turnovers. 
the, the, I, I believe that. Uh-huh. Yeah. That makes total sense Teams to me. Teams are winning turning over the ball. But you, I mean, you're a team. Commanders, you commanders did week plays, one. You'll win games. Or you totally. can spin chunk plays, you'll win games. Totally. And that's, by the way, been their problem defensively uh, in the two games they've given up a ton of yardage and a ton of points. Um, but the other favorite thing that Warren said when he came on with us in the preseason was the best way to be good on third down is to never get to third down. And it's, that, I think, was on full display in those not, that nine-sack performance by the Eagles is the commanders found themselves in a ton of obvious passing downs. And by the way, it wasn't just third and long, but it was hey, the commanders line up in this formation on second and five, and they love to take a shot here. There is one of the sacks where they play action to Antonio Gibson. And Antonio Gibson literally runs directly past Fletcher Cox, who doesn't flinch at all because he knows it's play action. He knows it's a shot play, and he gets a sack on the play. So you've got to, one, break tendencies and be better with your play calling, but two, stay out of third and long, stay out of obvious passing situations. That way, Michael Parsons has to be aware of a, a, a you know a ball carrier potentially going past him. He's got to be aware of where his gap is on run fits because if you let Parsons and Tank Lawrence pin their ears back and go, this offensive line does not have a shot. And it especially is hard because Carson isn't super fond of getting the ball out quickly to check downs. Um, so I think there's play calling stuff that, that Scott Turner, their offensive coordinator has to do a really good job of using the screen game and, and getting the yeah. ball out quickly. But like man on man, uh, the answer is they're not going to be in, in good shape if the, the Cowboys can get them in, in obvious passing downs. Hey Craig, real quick though, I'm going to ask you a defensive question. The one kid that I was impressed with was the corner St. Juice. Yeah. Is, I, I, is there, there's something to his game. There's a little bit of that. Kind of the you, you, the the, top, the scouting term of a dog. I mean, a dog in a good way. That yeah, he's got toughness. He's around the ball. He's a willing tackler. I think it's a talented defense. And you know, in the corners, I think are fine. Is he a guy? Am I seeing him the right way, or is or am I missing something there? With I mean, so far this year, he's the best corner on the team. Um, okay. Jack William Jackson the third's really struggled since he's come over from Cincinnati. He was hurt last week. St. Juice slotted back outside, and that's the thing is like. He played well outside last year, but he was obviously a rookie. Like, there were some mistakes, right? So he comes back this year, and they put him at nickel. And because they have Kendall Fuller, who they don't trust as much in the nickel anymore, used to be a great nickel corner, now probably better outside, and William Jackson. And they're paying those guys a ton of money. And they don't really have a nickel corner. They started this rookie, Rashad Wild Goose, who's been here two weeks last well, week. He was, he was and, not good. Yeah. yeah, he was not good at all. He had two huge pass interference penalties, and that was basically his impact on the game. Um so St. Juice, he's got length. He's he's well over six feet tall. He's got really quick feet. He's very intelligent. You saw him running routes for receivers last week. Had a ton of pass breakups. And really, I mean, the uh, Next Gen Stats had this really great stat on the A.J. Brown touchdown that he gave up. There's .3 yards of separation. A.J. Brown just big-bodied him because he's better. And like, But that's a top five receiver in the league. That could happen to any corner. And so, yeah, St. Just is, is good. I'm very curious to see, assuming Jackson is back, where they use him this week, if they slot him back inside, or even if he's outside in base and then inside against, you know, or in, when they're in nickel. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, they, he, you are seeing that correctly. He has definitely been a bright spot on a otherwise uh, very up and down and at times very down defense. Craig Hoffman is the host of the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and also co-host of the Take Command podcast, uh, which is also on the Odyssey Podcast Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Craig Hoffman. Craig, thank you so much for your time. You got it. Have a good rest of the show, boys.